Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple, the podcast. It's all about taking the complexity out of real estate investing so that you, those are my finger guns, can take action today. I'm your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined as always by Dan. I am up to my eyeballs in Dayquil Kruger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dan, how many of me are you seeing right now? Um, Be honest. Zero. Oh, yeah, you're, you're blackout on, Nyqu- on Dayquil. Okay. I all have right. a Dayquil problem. Uh, I didn't have a cold. So for every all our listeners out home who have kids, they can definitely relate to this. But Dan had um, a big party a week ago for Colin's one-year birthday. Mm. And there's all these kids running around. And Dan, his immune system, not as good as his underwriting. <laughs> they well, got him. Yeah. A little snot-nosed I kids. mean, that's what kids <laughs> do, right? They're just little Petri dishes and... So that was honestly a probably a bigger party than I have ever had for any of my like 35 birthdays. I don't even have that many friends. At one years old, she has more friends than I do at 38 or however old I am at this point. She's pretty cool. I mean. She's pretty cool. I'll give you that. Just saying. I get it. I get it. I mean, she gets hyped up a lot. Anyways, this is a real estate podcast. <laughs> let's get yeah, let's get off of Dan's daughter here and let's talk about um, what's the topic today? What are we going to talk about? Concessions. Mm, I'm going to go get. Damn it, damn it, damn it. You went to the joke that I was going to make, and now I have no joke. So now I got to be serious and say, okay, let's talk about concessions and why this is is so important. It's something as a passive investor and as an operator, you're going to need to be aware of it. It is boring. It's not super (laughs) exciting. But on a recent deal that we were negotiating with a a prospective seller, this came to the forefront Mm. because concessions are a really sneaky way of getting tenants in and at a higher rent when the effective rent is not reflected. So real quickly, Dan, what is a concession? Uh, Discount promotional offer, um, I guess is what you'd want to call it. So if anyone has ever gone to uh, move into an apartment building and they see something like, oh, get a month free or get a flat screen TV or like, we'll give you this thing if you come and sign a 12-month lease, that's a concession. And it's great. For the person moving in, it's a good way to market a unit and get people in the door. But you've got to factor that into uh, your financials, right? Because if you're charging twelve hundred bucks a month for rent, but you're giving away a month free, then you're not really getting twelve hundred bucks a month. You're actually getting less. So and, sneaky. And, and you can calculate this. Like, and this is what we did. We looked at the numbers, and we're like, man, this this property—they're giving away two full months of rent. For for to get people in the door for free, and it's like yeah, when and, and down it, jacket. 
in a down jacket, they're like a nice down jacket. I would take that jacket. But what it ended up doing is like their market, their rents were so high. They were like thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars in a market where that's probably not too far off the mark in the grand scheme of things. But for whatever reason, they were having a heck of a time actually renting these things out. And it could have to do with the fact that they had like a sixty-eight percent expense ratio. So this property was not being run well. So there's a lot going on here. But then when you when you do the math, they're like, hey, we're getting $1,400 in rent. And like you calculate that out, what this building worth? And they're like, yeah, but your effective collected rent, once you factor in all these concessions, it's more like $1,200 per unit. Like it, there's a $200 delta just because you're giving away so many months. Yeah, and this will trip up newer investors because typically what you do uh, when you're trying to value a property is you get the rent roll. And yeah. you take that and then you look at the expenses and you take do the math on that. Now, these concessions typically are not going to show up in the rent roll, right? Because these people are signing a 12-month lease at X amount of dollars. And this con- these concessions would show up on the P&L or in the T12, right? And then you'll see a negative line item. So you'll get your gross rent, and then you back out your concessions. Then you've got your your net your your net revenue that you're actually collecting. And so it's, it's sneaky in the sense that people are going to throw around the rent rolls and say, okay, here's how much revenue we're bringing in. But that's not really how much revenue you're bringing mm-hmm. in, right? That's the the gross potential. It's not what's actually making it to the bank. So it's, and at it's the sneaky. end of the day, that's really what matters, right? And, yeah. and it's it's also sneaky in the sense that for us and the assets that we deal in, which is class C, class B assets, concessions are rare. In the yeah, grand, like you, you're not usually having to give away a full month of rent to get a tenant into a unit, um, unless you know in the class A space, this is a little bit more common place. But it doesn't really happen a lot in class B, class C. So when we're underwriting on the back of the napkin and we're looking at the rent roll, we're generally assuming that that's what you're actually collecting for the full 12 months. Now, in class C, class B, you will see more loss to lease in terms of like bad debt and people not paying or falling behind. Like, And so we want to look at those numbers. But when we looked at the concessions and we saw like this huge number, we're like, that's different. What's, yeah. what's happening there? <laughs> so it's interesting. Now, why is it that... Uh, Class A typically is the the product that's giving out concessions, and Class B and C are not doing it as frequently. And it's not like they never do it, but it's nowhere near as frequent as in the Class A market. Why is that? I think it's a supply and demand thing, right? When it comes down to Class C, Class B tenants, they don't have as much supply to choose from. And so they're competing over a limited amount of inventory. Whereas the Class A, people who are making more money, they money gives you options. And they can they can go buy a house. They can live in this house in the trendy neighborhood. They can go live in this nice place in maybe the less trendy neighborhood. So they have a lot more optionality, which then makes it harder from a marketing standpoint. Like, how do I get you to want to come live in my place? Mm-hmm. And those little incentives can can be the thing that tips it one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically it. The uh, the class A space, like new competition, is springing up all the time, right? But the thing we like about our space, the class B and class C, is that the cost to build is so high that you cannot build uh, a product that competes at the rent uh, price point that we're working in, which is fantastic, right? If you've got a fixed supply of a type of thing and uh, consistent or increasing demand, that's a great situation to be in from an investment perspective. So that's why we don't typically deal with concessions in our spaces because we've got very limited supply and increasing demand. And so there's no reason to be given out two free months in a down jacket Mm -hmm. unless you're just really not good at running an apartment complex. And and here's the thing at the end of the day, and we dive into this in another episode. And and depending on when this episode goes live versus that one, I don't know. It might be next week. It might have already come out. 
But we're going to dive into this negotiation that we had with the seller because it was very interesting. There was a lot of learning opportunities where this guy wanted, and this is this is not him. This is all sellers. They want you to pay for the future value of what this asset could produce rather than what it is currently producing. And we looked at it and we're like, no, we're we're not going to pay for the priv- we're not going to pay good. you for the privilege of of doing the work and you get all the rewards and and that's what a lot of people I think are getting tripped up on at this point in the market cycle because they're like I want to get into a deal I'm desperate I got to make it happen so I'll pay for uh, a little bit of that that future value right now and it's like that's not disciplined investing that's going to get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like someone's trying to sell you an old beat up uh, classic collectible car that still needs to be restored, but they want the price point of it actually being restored. It's like, no, all that work still needs to be done. And so I'm going to pay you for what you have now and then do the work and spend the money. And then when I'm done, then it's going to be worth that that new price. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's something that newer investors get tripped up on uh, because a lot of brokers – uh, will market properties based on their pro forma numbers and mm-hmm. say, okay, in a year from now, after you do a ton of work and dump a ton of money into this, you're going to be getting this NOI. So pay that price today. And some people will do that. Um, you know, everyone's got their own motivations and their own uh, reasons for investing. Like maybe someone just needs to deploy some capital. And so they're willing to do that. But for us, we're actually trying to make a return. So that doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense. No, not at all. So that is concessions in under 10 minutes. It is not the most important item to, to really consider whether you're a passive investor or an operator, but it is one of those things when it comes to underwriting a deal that you need to be aware of because like we did, like we discovered some, <laughs> sometimes you'll find like a ticking time bomb in there. So that's going to do it for us guys. If you got any value out of this podcast, then do us a favor, share it with a friend, share it with a coworker, Jim, you know, he's, you know, oh, he's going to get some value out of this. So share it with Jim. And when you get a chance, go over to iTunes, drop a review. Um, and we would appreciate it. That's all I got. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.